Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and today I am really excited about the conversation that I had with Macy Miller. Now, when I started building my tiny house in the summer of 2012, there were very few people who were building tiny houses at the same time and sharing their progress online. That's why I was so happy to have found Macy's website, minimotives.com, because Macy was sharing her progress with these amazing blog posts, color photos, and sharing just so much helpful information, encouragement, and just made it really fun to follow along. So she's one of the main inspirations that got me to start doing my own blog. And so that's why I'm really excited to bring her on the show and catch up with her because a lot has changed in the five years since Macy built her tiny house. She has put an addition on her house. She has a partner. She has two children now. And now she is traveling across the country with her partner, two children, and dog in a homemade camper called Lil Beastie that is a fraction of the size of her tiny house on wheels. In fact, Macy even said that the house was too big for her. So you'll have to listen in to hear about how she's done it. So without further ado, here's Macy Miller. Macy, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Ethan. You're welcome. So so where are we catching you right now? <laughs> so you scheduled this and I'm actually bouncing back and forth. I'm at Carlsbad Cavern and Guadalupe uh, Mountain National Park, which is mountain time zone and then central time zone and then we scheduled this in eastern time zone and i have no idea what time zone i'm in so uh we just got good timing on this but i'm right in between carlsbad caverns and guadalupe mountains national park you are truly a nomad now <laughs> now we just go where we go so how long and i'm literally been... pulled over on the side of the road doing this interview with you <laughs> i love that you you texted me and said we just got pulled over and i was like Oh my gosh, is there, are you getting a ticket right now? And you said, no, no, we pulled over. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I thought it was a little safer. It's pretty windy, you know. I believe it. So how long have you been on the road? Uh, Let's see, we left in April. So we're about 10 months, I think that makes it, right? Maybe a little over 10 months or so. I don't do public math. I know, yeah. (laughs) It's around there, I think. that's we left awesome. right after my daughter's birthday, and it's just before my daughter's birthday. So that's the only way I'm working it. There's so much that I want to cover, but um, before we jump into kind of what you're doing right now, I want to kind of back up. And um, can you just tell us, for for those who haven't heard of you, which I don't know if there are really that many people, tell us about your first tiny house. I built a tiny house the same time you did. You were like my building partner across the country. What's Ethan doing with it? Um, which was, we start, when did you start? You were in around 2011, yeah, right? Yeah, I started uh, June of 2011. Oh, so it's just before you. I started in November of 2011. Yeah, I remember uh, you being ahead of me and being like, damn, this girl Macy, she's so fast. You're so slow compared to everybody building now. They go so fast. And I was like, man, it took me 18 months. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started in 2011, late 2011. I started building, it was a 196 square foot. Um, you know, self-built, self-designed tiny house. Uh, my main mission was to use as much reclaimed materials as possible. I'd like to say it was out of the goodness of my heart, but it was more budget-driven. Um, so I ended up building my tiny house for just over $11,000 uh, completed, which, you know, is is 
too cheap, really. Uh, I, I feel bad because now other people use that as like a standard, like you should be able to build a tiny house for $10,000. But I actually, I did a lot of legwork to make it happen and make it come in budget. Um, but my goal was to build this house, take you know one year's worth of rent payments, build this tiny house, and then live in it for two years. Uh, that way it could kind of pay for itself and life could move on. Ended up living in it a lot longer than that. So I, it's been our family house. You know, I, I met James along the build and then um, we, we started having kids and stuff in the tiny house and we just modified and adapted it as we went. Um, and then in April-ish of la last year, yeah, 2017, we, we built a, we just finished building our second tiny house, which is really more of a camper. Um, constructed a little bit differently to be lighter weight so we could pull it with a little SUV. And then we've been touring the country in that since April. So yeah, we just live in tiny houses. <laughs> You're like D Williams. You are you've downsized from a tiny house to an even tinier house. Yeah. Well our tiny house, to be fair, is pretty large. You know, as far as tiny houses go, ours ours is on a twenty four foot flatbed with a five foot goose um or um what's it called? The little ramp at the end. Dove, dovetail. Dovetail. The end. Yeah, it is a gooseneck as well. But uh, so, I mean, it's, it's a pretty large tiny house as far as tiny houses go. I don't know. Have you seen tiny houses these days? <laughs> yeah, I guess some of them are getting pretty big, huh? <laughs> I feel like very crotchety when I'm like, these tiny houses these days, they're so big now. <laughs> yeah, it was too big. So we downsized. Uh, it, it couldn't be pulled easily, you know. And and when I built it, I didn't really build it to travel extensively. So I made some choices that, you know, if I had been traveling, I would have made different choices. Um, so it made sense for us to redo and, and build a little bit smaller for this adventure. Absolutely. And I, I I got to see the the camper, the trailer. What do you what do you refer to it as? Uh, we call it a little beastie. Little beastie. <laughs> I saw little beastie um, over the summer um, when you visited Vermont. Yep, yep, at Deke's workshop. And yep. it's it's fantastic. I congratulate you on the build. It's so cool. It's holding up. It's cool. That it's always good when it works. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. So, what's the process for building a travel trailer like like you put together, little beastie, versus a tiny house on wheels? It's just, you know, it's, we, we talk about this a lot, like, why not just, you know, use an RV trailer and RV trailers are not as sturdy usually as tiny house trailers because they're built differently. You know, the, on an RV, all the pieces interlock, you know, your roof ties into your walls differently and they depend on each other structurally. Um, so those connection details between the, the pieces parts, um, it, it's, it matters a lot more, I guess, with an RV, um, but in doing it that way, you can minimize your weight by using like smaller members. So our, our camper is two by two um, stick frame, uh, which, you know, is half the size of a standard wall. So we have less insulation in it, but that was okay for us because our whole goal was to avoid winter this year. So you're chasing, you're chasing the sun. Some sunshine. I think when we saw you, we were like, yeah, we need to turn. We need to go south. Like the weather's going to catch us. Yeah. And that was September in Vermont, but it can already be quite cold at that point. Yeah. Well, we got lucky. I think Maine was one of the hottest places we visited. It was like 85 degrees the whole time we were there, uh, which was after. We it was it was bizarre. That's so backwards. 
Yeah, all the locals were like, ah, this is not normal. <laughs> Just to add to that, so Maine was one of the hottest places we were at, and the coldest places so far have been Texas and Georgia. <laughs> like, we've got snow in Texas and Georgia. It's It's been so backwards. And how did Little Beastie do in the cold? Were you able to keep it warm? Yeah, five bodies in here, and uh, it's 84 square feet. So five bodies and a TV running is most of mostly fine we do have uh heaters in here we've got a, a propane heater and an electric backup heater so yeah we're we're totally fine <laughs> i'm glad to hear it so did you start with a trailer from an old travel trailer that you demolished or did you buy like a utility trailer or a tiny house specific trailer no we we ended uh the original plan, we were not going to build another tiny house. We were just going to buy an old vintage trailer and, and kind of rehab it a little bit, you know, make it pretty and make it functional for our family and then hit the road. So we ended up finding um, on Craigslist, we just found an old, it was a 1966 Aloha travel trailer, which, you know, originally gross vehicle weight was 1600 pounds and it, it worked, you know, we were totally just going to redo that. And we started kind of getting into it. And the more we dug into it, the more like just rotted out it was. I'm actually shocked it stood up on the drive home. It was scary once we started pulling things apart. There was whole like structural members that were just rotted out. They weren't even there anymore. Um, So we ended up just taking it totally apart. I think at, at that point, most people would have scrapped the idea and been like, well, we didn't do our research well enough on that one. That's a failed attempt. Um, but of course, James and I took it all the way down to the bottom. Um, we reused the wall, the shape of the, the camper, um, to reframe a new wall. Uh, and that helped us streamline, you know, the registration process. Um, when I called the DMV to see what we had to do to rebuild this, this camper, you know, it had a title as a 66 Aloha. And uh, he goes, well, does it look like an Aloha still? And I said, well, yeah, but it's totally different framing. And he's like, oh, if it looks like an Aloha and the title says it's an Aloha, it's an Aloha to me. That's awesome. So you you basically rebuilt a model in its place and they let you keep it as that. Exactly. Which is, you know, that's Idaho for you. It's really simple to register stuff there. Um, but there's some downsides to it, too. Like uh, for insurance properties, it's valued at the same price as an Aloha, you know, which, I mean, technically it probably doesn't cost much more than that, but the the labor is free in that. So if we get in an accident, we're insured for about what we have in the trailer, but not our time. And how much time did it take? Well, we did it. I mean, we've got two kids and a dog and and jobs and whatnot. So we did it in our free time over the course of a year, um, which basically it was like my tiny house, you know, about one weekend or one day a weekend, we'd go out and we'd build on the camper. So it, it took about a year. I, I actually I convinced James that we were going to do this on Mother's Day. It was my Mother's Day gift. And then a week after the next Mother's Day, it was done. So it took a while. <laughs> it took a while, but it seems like it was so worth it because it's just precipitated this this whole new phase of your tiny house life. Yeah, I mean, we were going to do that. It was We were going to streamline the work part. We were just going to go on this adventure. But it, it's been actually really nice because we got to customize it for us, you know. Uh, the the original Alohas didn't even have a bathroom in them, so we were gonna convert like this, uh, like linen closet into a bathroom, and it gave us the opportunity to redo it exactly how we wanted. It worked really well. Um, like I put bunk beds in, and they're extendable, so they're toddler size right now because we want that on this road trip. 
but when the kids are bigger, we don't want to have to throw away the camper. So they actually extend out. They'll fit a grown adult, but for the purposes of this trip, they can be toddler size. And, and so it gave us the opportunity to do a lot of custom things like that that will help in the long run make it, you know, a family camper for more than just this trip. I think that's amazing that you're you're doing this with your family. You know, I get I'm sure you get emails all the time. I get them all the time. Is tiny house living with a family possible? You know, some people write and say, I could totally do this by myself, but I could never bring my husband. And here you are doing it with your partner, two kids and a dog. Oh, yeah. And I get all kinds of comments about how it's not fair to the kids. They didn't choose this. We did. And like, Right. They seem like they're having a pretty good time. But the thing is, if it was hard, we wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, we and we include them. I mean, they're two and three, so they don't have a lot of really strong opinions. So long as we're there, they're happy to be there, too. They don't hate us yet, you know. But uh, we, we ask them, like, do you, do you want to go back to Idaho? Do you miss your granny and poppy? And like, or do you want to keep traveling? And, and every time they're like, uh, let's keep traveling. You know, like they're having fun with it right now. It's a pretty easy time of life to be able to do this. I, I don't know if, if it stops being easy, then we'll change our plans. <laughs> exactly. And that's the luxury of of the tiny house. You know, you don't have that much money in this thing. You know, you could stop any time. But why would you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's already I mean, so the total cost of this build with uh, buying the camper and then all the materials, which we didn't like get reclaimed materials and stuff with this one because it was it's so small, you know, it's. You're, you're scraping around looking. There's a lot of effort that, that goes into finding reclaimed materials. And so we just went to Home Depot and, and Lowe's and bought all the stuff. But it, it costs us $4,300 to build from the ground up with the cost of the initial trailer, titling, everything was 4300 bucks. To me, that's that's nothing. I mean, That's pretty good. We're saving on rent. We're saving on, I, I mean, it can be just as expensive to travel like this, but we built it so we can boondock and live off grid indefinitely if we want. Um, and, and while we're on the West coast, we've done a lot of that. It's a lot harder to do on the East coast. So it was actually pretty expensive to be back East, particularly, you know, Florida, good luck finding anything cheaper than 30 bucks a night in a lot of cases without planning, you know, there's actually good boondock programs down there, but we weren't planned out enough to do that. So, you know, that we're saving so much money over the renting an apartment or buying a house or something. It's, it, it makes no sense to, to do it another way right now. And and we have the flexibility when it's not working anymore, then we'll just change it. Yeah, yeah. And something you said a little bit before, I thought is a really good example of, you know, you built this RV, well, not an RV, it's a, it's a travel trailer, and it's super lightweight. So you're towing it with a, a Honda SUV, right? Yeah, but it's a Honda Pilot, 2005 Honda Pilot. Yeah, so your Honda Pilot can pull this thing. I feel like so many people in the tiny house world end up going kind of up the middle like so they they say they want to be able to travel but they also want the tiny house to have a washer and dryer and a step-in bathtub uh, and two sinks and so they end up building something that's maybe a little bit smaller than they would have wanted but still you know nine ten eleven thousand pounds and would require you know a, a rented u-haul or you know a full-size pickup to tow and you've kind of, by choosing that, you've almost, you know, if nothing, you've just chosen the middle road and you're not getting anything that you want. And so I think it's so cool that you've got your 
your quote unquote big tiny house that stays put in Idaho. And then you've got your truly tiny mobile house that you can tow with the vehicle you already owned. Yeah. Well, and I mean, frankly, I, I don't know where you were at necessarily mentally when, but when I, when I built my tiny house, I was downsizing, you know, I had a 2,500 square foot house um, and I, and I was downsizing. And so 200 square feet felt absolutely the smallest. Like I thought it was going to be impossible to live in there as a single woman. Like it, it, it was not as popular as it is now. You don't see, you didn't see as many floor plans. You're like, man, like it, it was kind of easy to focus on the things you didn't have. Um, and I, I think it's uh, easier for people to picture themselves living tiny with the tiny houses there are today, which, you know, increases how many people are, are going after tiny houses. And I think that's a good thing. But um, when you go from the big, huge house down to like a bare bones house, it's daunting. And so it, it, it's an easier jump if there's a washer and dryer and stuff in there. So I don't necessarily think that's bad. Um, but I think there's a lot of people, I think that you and I particularly have seen over time. That's one of the big criticisms. Like a lot of people who have lived tiny is like, what would you do if you had it to do over again? I'd go smaller, you know, like that's almost always the answer, um, which is really interesting, but I think it's got to happen in steps like that. And that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. It, It does tend to happen in steps because, you have to prove to yourself that it's even possible that, you know, that you could even possibly live in, you know, less than 200 square feet. And then once you do that, the jump to, to 96 or 85 or it, that, that it feels easy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, an, it, our camper is a one third the size, almost exactly one third the size of our tiny house. And it took nothing to transition over. It's actually, it works a lot better in a lot of ways because we knew, what didn't work well in the tiny house, you know, and we modified it to work in the camper. And so in a lot of ways, this is just so much more functional for our family. That's so cool. So I want to just ask a quick kind of technical question just out of my own curiosity. You framed it out of two by twos. And is there external sheathing underneath that that metal or does the metal serve as your external sheathing? Nope. There is external or there's internal sheathing. The wall finish inside is plywood. So it's quarter inch on the sides uh, where you need the shear going down the road. And then it's eighth inch mahogany up around the bend on the curve. But that's all inside the wall, but it's tied into the roof as well as the walls. Um, And then the outside's just sheathing. So the inside is plywood, just painted. Then you have uh, insulation and then the outside is just the metal. So you cut out a lot of systems because your your sheathing is actually your wall surface too. Smart. And your sheathing is then on the inside. What did you insulate with and did you do any kind of vapor barrier or were you not concerned for your purposes? No, we, uh, well, our insulation is just the foam insulation, which has a vapor barrier on it. So it's all sealed up and everything. Um, it's just an inch and a half foam, the, the poly whatever the cheaper kind that's really bad for the environment (laughs) well it's it's only bad for the environment if you throw it out yeah it's true and if you're using it then it's and it's good and it's also saving energy because you know we're not just heating this place or cooling this place the whole time because it's doing its job exactly that's always one of the parts of a tiny house where it's hard to get away from environmentally damaging things and insulation anyways so you might as well have it do its job well And yeah, and so one of my favorite features of the camper is actually not even in the camper at all. 
little beastie. I keep calling it different things. Camper, RV, travel trailer. That's cool. We do too. <laughs> the the awning uh, with the hydraulic arms. Just a push button. The push button awning. That is so deluxe. And it really kind of exemplifies the importance of having that outside, that transitional space. Everything, every wall inside and out is used somehow. And so um, the awning, we, it's a Craigslist find. We actually found an AC for our camper. And the guy had worked at a RV world or camp world or whatever it's called uh, in the demo department. And he wasn't supposed to take things home, but he just didn't have the heart to throw away these perfectly working things. And so he ended up like just collecting them in his garage until his wife got mad at him one day to clean the garage and so he threw it on craigslist and and so the air conditioning we have is actually from a giant class a it's the top of the line ac it's like one and a half times what we have to cool our entire tiny house so one third the space almost twice as much power you know so this can be an ice box in no time yeah you can convert it to a walk-in fridge after after you're done traveling exactly i mean it's yeah it's totally that way <laughs> Um, but we were there picking that up and we were explaining our project to him, just telling him about it. And uh, and we were trying to troubleshoot how to DIY an awning at that point. And he goes, oh, I have one over here. You know, it, it's 10 foot, so I don't know if it'll work. And we didn't know a 10 foot wasn't what we needed anyways, but we got the, the tape measure out and it's actually nine foot, which is perfect. <laughs> um, and, and so we grabbed that at the time too. So it was off the same RV. And what had happened was a guy went to buy this like $300,000 RV at, at Camping World and his bargain deal was he didn't want that AC. He wanted a different kind and then he didn't want that awning. He wanted a white one. And so Camping World took it off for him and they were just going to toss it. And so we got it. It's brand new off of a, a nice RV, uh, but he gave us a good deal because his wife was mad at him. <laughs> so worked out. That's fantastic. And that that's kind of reminiscent. I remember reading about how you were able to get materials for your big tiny house from contractors who were either pulling them out of houses or ordered them by mistake or the homeowner changed their mind and they're perfectly good. Exactly. Yep. All of that. You, like the more people you talk about your product, you never know what people are going to have for you that may or may not work. You know, you might just say, nah, thank you. Uh, but a lot of times like, heck yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> and then they're happy to get it out. Like, yeah. So you just got to put it out there. Which is hard because uh, you get criticism. You never know which way a person's going to go with it. They'll either think it's a really cool idea or they'll think you're absolutely crazy. Well, that's awesome. And thank you for care. talking about it. About it uh, I want to <laughs> so, jump over so to take some questions from our Tiny House Engage audience. Um, first question is, do you have any trouble getting campground spaces in a homemade RV? No. Um, and actually, we've been really shocked by this and almost appalled by it because I know that in, when you're in like a schoolie, a lot of times they just say no. And uh, actually, Bailey Carlson is, is a gal in the tiny house world who went from a tiny house and she just converted a school bus with her family. And so I'm kind of following her right now. We just crossed paths. And they were so excited to hit the road and go and, and they tried to get spots at RV parks and they've been told no so many times that she's like, yeah, we don't even try anymore. And that breaks my heart because this is way more risky, you know, than that situation. They're a totally enclosed area, but a lot of people don't even know this is home built until they ask and they get in a conversation with us. Um, but I, I don't think there's any rules against it. We have not run into a single issue with it. Um, 
in fact, we've had a lot of camp hosts and campsite owners come up and tell me about your RV. You know, this is really cool. This is, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, and, and so it breaks my heart that like schoolies and stuff have more of a hard time doing, you know, just normal campsite visits along the route than we do. We were very concerned about it when we took off because we, you know, you don't want to pull into a place at like six o'clock at night with tired, hungry kids and be told to leave and not have a plan, you know. Um, but no, we've had no issues whatsoever. And I think some of that has to do with it doesn't look homemade necessarily, like right off the bat. Right. And if you ever do get trouble, you just say, oh, it's a 1966 Aloha. This is what the registration says. Yeah. No, no, I got the title. <laughs> so how do you give your Great Dane the space that, that it needs in such a humble abode? This is another question from the audience. That is a perfectly acceptable question as well. So he has a dog bed that fits perfectly good in the back of our Honda Pilot. He gets a whole third row seating you know, folds down and he rides there when we're driving. Mm -hmm. um, and then we picked that dog bed before we built the camper because we designed the camper around the dog bed. So the dog bed comes in at night and the open space on the floor is exactly the same size as the dog bed. It plunks there. He lays down. The kids have already gone to bed and, and we go to bed. And so he gets the floor at nighttime. At the daytime, he sleeps on the couch when he wants to sleep. He sleeps a lot. And then we run and he fits in the car and we get that all the time. <laughs> Great Danes actually fold up remarkably small. <laughs> Common misconception about Great Danes. They are total lap dogs. They they love to snuggle and just, just chill out. Yeah. There's a video online that's going around right now. It's hilarious because there's like this little dog bed. It's like the size like for a Pomeranian. And there's this big old Great Dane that's just circling around in it. And you're, you're just like watching it. And he's like, he's never going to fit. Like he totally fits. He folds up right in there. And he, he pulled all of his body in this little Pomeranian's bed. Denver could totally do that. <laughs> One question that I like to ask all of our guests, is there a book or resource that you recommend that has inspired you or that you found helpful on your tiny house journey? Oh my gosh, Ethan, everybody's got so much cool stuff out there. There's so much information these days. <laughs> uh, so there's this whole thing I, about trained artists and untrained artists. And I find that when I research things, it's really hard to get my mind out of what I've just researched. And so I tend to not research them until after. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. I, th I think there's just so much stuff out there. Um, find what works for you. There's YouTube. There's Facebook pages. There's, you know, you've got some great resources, not to be a brown noser or anything. But um, th there's so much out there. Take what works for you and cast aside what doesn't. For me, I, I tend to not like to, to read too far into it until I've, come up with a solution and then I might look for why that wouldn't work <laughs> it's great advice Macy Miller thank you so much for for being with us yeah thanks for having me all right that's it for this episode of the tiny house lifestyle podcast I'm your host Ethan Waldman show notes for this episode are available at thetinyhouse.net slash Macy that's M-A-C-Y and I'd love to hear your feedback. Is there someone you think I should interview on the show? Topics you want me to cover? Email your feedback to podcast at thetinyhouse.net. I promise I read them all. And if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast. We make a new one each week. And if you're interested in learning more about planning, designing, and building a tiny house, then I highly recommend 
checking out my comprehensive resource, Tiny House Decisions. This is the ultimate guide that will help you make sound choices for your tiny house. You can learn more at thetinyhouse.net slash THD. Your support helps us make the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.